Welcome to episode 12 of Athletics for Life podcast. Uh, in this show, Jeff and I, we talk about uh, everything sports and all the lessons we learn through sports. And in today's episode, we have an amazing guest, uh, Mr. Mike Elson. Uh, he's a certified master athletic administrator through the NIAAA. Uh, and he's currently the athletic director at Christ Presbyterian Academy in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, and he began teaching and coaching there in 1987, serving as their first coach and their only athletic director. Uh, he currently oversees the athletic program. He focuses on character development, personal growth, and continues to seek opportunities to mentor coaches and students. Yes, and Mr. Elson was selected as the Tennessee Secondary School Athletic Association Athletic Director of the Years of the Year twice. And he was the 2020 Distinguished Service Award recipient. He was also named the 2020 Frank Kowalski Professional Development Award winner by the NYAAA, the National Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Jeff and I were lucky enough to meet Mike uh, at a session organized by the NIAAA. Um, it was Mike, uh, Doug Kilgore, who was one of our guests on the very first episode of the podcast, um, as well as a handful of other international school athletic directors. And we were able to sit down and talk about a lot of the issues that international school athletic directors face and kind of how many of us find solutions to that. And uh, it was just great to be able to sit down with Mike and get his perspective on a lot of things. And I'm really looking forward to our interview with him and kind of picking his brain um, especially because he is so well-respected and uh, with his uh, awards and his recognition that he's received. So it should be a great interview. Yeah, and uh, his, his passion and his drive and his, you know, his, his philosophy on sports is very inspiring for us. Um, I reached out to Mike after the NYAAA conference if he wanted to be our guest, and he was he emailed me directly back after five minutes. He was very happy to be here to share his story and to share his passion for athletics. So uh, sit back, and uh, we're going to go to Mike. Enjoy. Uh, so we're sitting here with uh, Mike Elson. Uh, as we mentioned in the introduction, uh, Mike is a is the athletic director at Christian Presbyterian area. Is that right, Mike? It, it's Christ Presbyterian Academy. Okay. okay. Um, and uh, you're the athletic director there. You've been there for quite some time now. Um, and uh, we're excited just to pick your brain a little bit about uh, being an athletic director in the States and kind of uh, comparing that between uh, the international scene and the, the scene in the States. So we're, we're looking forward to it. As am I. Thank you for the opportunity to be, be here and for what you guys are doing um, for education-based athletics, I mean, you're enhancing the strength of what we get to do as school coaches and school administrators. Yeah, Mike, we uh, really got in contact with you, actually, uh, through the NYAAA, and actually, we're just mentioning uh, Mr. Doc Kilgore. Um, so that was our first introduction, actually, for me, with the U.S.-based athletic director. Can you talk a little bit about uh, Doc Kilgore, because you just mentioned him? Well, Doug Kilgore is a mentor of mine, someone that I have great respect for, really look up to. We actually have a faculty member at our school here in Nashville that worked with Doug in the Little Rock area, and she speaks with him with great reverence and respect. Um, you know, Doug, we've had him to Tennessee, I believe, twice to speak and teach at our athletic directors conference, 
And we actually have him coming back again in April to do the same thing. Um, you know, it's bow, bow tie, bow tie Doug for sure. Uh, but Doug is, um, he's a man of strength. He's a man of wisdom. And he really, I really want to give him the credit for introducing me um, to what you all do. And for, for that matter, every international athletic administrator and Doug has really helped open my eyes to see that there's so much more than, you know, us organizing a bus to take a team 45 minutes away. You all are taking, you know, airplanes or jets and you're flying halfway around the world just to find weekend competition. And so, you know, big shout out to Doug Kilgore again for his mentorship and probably most importantly for his authenticity and how he really cares about people. Yeah, we were lucky enough to have Doug uh, speak at our uh, professional development day that we organized here. Uh, we organized a, a little coaches for coaches, we called it. Um, and we asked Doug if he would say a few words, just expecting him to, you know, pull out his phone, record a video. And he had two cameras set up. The production level was great. His enthusiasm was through the roof. Uh, and so it was just amazing, you know, the the level of effort that he put in just for us um, halfway around the world. Uh, it, you know, it kind of rubs off on you. You see a guy like Doug who's so passionate. Um, well, Doug, is a, it, it, and that's two characteristics for us to take away as athletic administrators um, is number one, the word accountability. Doug, you know, felt a sense of accountability to you for you to be, for him to be excellent in what he does. And then he also demonstrated respect. Yeah, it would have been easy just to grab a phone and record yourself, but to set up cameras like that, that was, that was outstanding. And I did get to see a little bit of that. So again, I think all three of us would echo um, our um, great respect we have for Doug. Yeah, and Doug is also a great singer, so we have to mention that on the podcast. That's very important. <laughs> Without question. Mike, when All was right. the first time you got involved with the International Athletics uh, Director community? And uh, what's your, what are your interests in this different part of the AD world? Well, I, I would say, you know, first of all, for me, I was our first coach and I've been our only athletic director at, at our school here in Nashville. And I'm in year 34. And from 1987 to 2002, I didn't really, I had heard of the National Athletic Directors Association or the, I didn't even know it was called the NIAAA. And, you know, through some um, encouragement, actually, of our football coach, he um, talked to me, his name was David Pack, and he's like, Coach Elson, you talked to us about going to coaching clinics and reading books and networking with other coaches. How about you stretching yourself and setting forth a great example for us by going to a national athletic directors conference and seeing if there's, there are courses or curriculum that can help enhance, um, you know, your work ethic and your knowledge of what it means to be an athletic administrator. So, through those, uh, through that encouragement, I went to Indianapolis in 2003, and I've only missed two uh, conferences. I've been to several in a row. I think maybe ten in a row now. And I don't want to ever miss. I'm, even if it's virtual, that's fine with me. There's so much we can glean, and what the NIAAA has helped me see is that the more I learn, or the more courses I take, the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. There's just so much out there in an ever-changing world. So I strive to keep a teachable mindset. 
And I would say that leads me to the international athletic directors. So for the third year in a row, I'm kind of the note taker and Doug leads the talk and trade session. Um, but even before that, I was able to take LTC 903 and LTC 904. I want to take 901 and 902 and also want to take the exam so that I can be a certified international athletic administrator. And people are like, well, you're in Nashville. Well, you know, I want to continue to learn and grow. And I think we can all help each other, both here in the States and again, internationally. So it's been an amazing journey. The networking is phenomenal. Um, and meeting people, both veteran and new. And, you know, we're now chairing, or I have the opportunity to chair the new NIAAA mentor committee that was just approved last year. And here's what I'm, I'm um, how I speak to folks. I'm like, you know, we have mentors and if you're experienced, you're probably going to be chosen as a mentor to, for mentees. But the mentor with a teachable mindset can learn so much from the mentees. So at the end of the day, we're really, it's a mentor-mentor kind of relationship. I don't know technology. I didn't really grow up with it. I'm trying to learn how to use it. But the younger generation is helping me learn things that I never dreamed would be possible for me as part, part of my administrative skill set is concerned. Mike, you mentioned just now the, uh, the mentor-mentee program uh, through the NIAAA. Can you talk a little bit more about uh, what that is and who that's aimed, geared for, um, whether it's mentors and mentees? Well, our, our first strategy is to meet with, uh, we, we want every state to identify a state mentor director. So as a, as a mentor committee, we have three to four different things that we want to do. We've already accomplished one thing, and that was during the national conference. We hosted a session where all 10 of us on the committee, we count ourselves as teammates, our committee, and we all presented two to three slides about our direction moving forward. And remember, last June was the first time we ever met as a committee. But what we did, we all shared our stories, our personal stories of growing up. Um, we do it in a four-part scenario. Um, your early childhood, recent events, public self, and private self. And we do it kind of in a, a shield or a quad kind of format. And it was phenomenal. It really helped us connect. So one another outcome besides challenging every state to have a state mentor director, the NIAAA, which you can see over my, I think it's left shoulder here, the NIAAA uh, cohort that I've been able to be a part of for three years, started by Daryl Nance of Greenville, South Carolina. And we now have a two to seven year new athletic director mentor cohort. We've already had our uh, meeting in January and we took what we did as a mentor committee of sharing our stories. And we had every member, I think there are 13, we had every member go through a five to six minute presentation and share their stories so that we could quickly connect as a cohort so that now moving forward, the communication will flow a lot more freely. Well, last year when we started the mentor committee, you know, most committees meet two to three times a year. We, we met every month except um, one month in September when my, when my father passed away, but we met every month and then we're already scheduled to meet again Wednesday you know, we're going to try to keep this going. So our strategy moving forward is to meet with the state mentor directors every other month 
and then have our committee meet when we're not meeting. And so, you know, the question I continue to pose is, you know, what does that look like for the international athletic director? How can we involve, you know, and I mentioned in my speech when I ran for the at-large board position, I mentioned Globetrot and ADs because I've got to know Dick, Nick DeForest from Vienna. And, but, but, you know, that's why I'm so thankful for this opportunity tonight. We want to keep connecting so that the international athletic directors feel like they're a part of the mentor program, not dangling out there separate from uh, what's going on in the States. And then uh, one other outcome I'll mention quickly that we're hoping for is we want a toolkit or a toolbox. We not only want to have it listed on the NIAAA website, but we want every state to have a go-to place on their website where you can go for mentor tools like book studies or, you know, book recommendations or how many times do you meet mentor to mentee. We're still in the evaluative process of what all of that looks like, but we're really excited and we're like a racehorse. We've just, we're, we're firing it all, all pistons go, jumping out of the gate here. So again, we're, we're teachable, we're learning, but we want full inclusion around the world. Yeah, Mike, sometimes as the international ADs, we feel a bit isolated. I know CD and I are in this position where we're far away up in Mongolia and there's not many ADs around us. We see the, uh, we go to the Academist Conference, which is the Southeast Asia uh, Regional Conference, and then you meet up, uh, but that's once a year. So we're, we are pretty isolated over here. So for some of these ADs, what would you, some, some new ADs, what would you suggest to to go and seek information. Like you said, this mentee program, but uh, do you have any tips for those beginning ADs overseas? Well, and this is gonna take some planning, but I would love to see in each sector of the world, let's even narrow it down to time zones, that may be too specific, but who are those three to four go-to people from the international community that could be a, a liaison, a connection, that could easily connect with me or any member of our mentor committee. And we could help show you what certain, there there are some states that do a phenomenal job. The state of Washington, Jeff Lowell is on our committee. He's the associate chair, assistant chair of the committee. Jeff um, and his state to me are hands down the best state of the 50 that have a mentor program. They have a WASA Wednesday where they bring in special speakers in state. They'll go over the rules and regulations of, you know, what we're required to do for participation, for example. And that may not sound like much, but there's some accountability built in when you're when you're doing those uh, WASA Wednesdays per se. So I think the the links, I know all the states would be more than open to welcome the international community. But just thinking through, maybe Doug is the man to help us with this, but just thinking through of those sectors in the world, who is that key person that we can identify to be that liaison, that connector to share ideas and to build a mentor-mentee kind of relationship. So again, you know, we're like, it's like a raw piece of clay. We're just trying to mold Mm -hmm. this thing. And I think it's going to be an ever flexible piece of clay. and the international athletic director conversation right now is a part of why that will always be the way it is. 
Yeah, that it it's kind of interesting. I was just thinking, um, you know, to try to identify somebody in a region of the world uh, as that liaison um, would work, but with the international scene, uh, it's a little bit different than in the states. I know you mentioned you'd been uh, at your current school for thirty plus years. Where in the international scene, it's uh, a very transient population. A lot of teachers are, you know, you do it for the adventure, you do it for the experience, and so. Uh, you're in this country for three or four years, then you move to that country. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, that's, it would have to be like that ever flexible ball of clay, just because the people who you have in charge of, uh, you know, the Asia region would all now all of a sudden they're in Australia or they're in Africa or the South America. And so, um, you know, you might have to have a, a good process for identifying new people or, uh, just being flexible in that regard. Well, in CD thinking through that, so if we can have help identifying the athletic directors that are definitely want to be involved in the NIAAA and literally look around America or the states and connecting them with someone, even if they're meeting quarterly, just kind of a mm-hmm. check-in, kind of like you know we're doing in this conversation right now, what's going on in your school? Here's what's going on in here, you know, in the Tennessee and how can we help you and Hey, I read this great book the other day. I recommend it for you. Or I had this conversation with Doug Kilgore and, you know, he's a great resource. And it's just identifying resources of help that I think is going to be one of the main outcomes of this mentor. And again, we can call it mentor mentee, but I really think it's mentor mentor program. Mm-hmm. Mike, yeah, we've been. Oh, sorry, Steve, you go. Go ahead. Go ahead, oh. uh, I was just going to ask, uh, we've talked a little bit about the NIAAA, um, and we noticed that you've been recognized a couple times by the Tennessee Secondary School Athletic Association, TSSAA. Um, and we're wondering kind of what's your role on a more local level uh, in Tennessee and with uh, the association there? In Tennessee, we have a, there are over 400 high schools. We have approximately 330 that are public school. They compete in what's called division one. We at my school, private school, independent school, compete with about 70 schools, maybe a few more in what's called division two. And so even as recently as two years ago, I was league commissioner of 18 schools of our middle Tennessee region. And I'm always looking for opportunities to serve. Um, I'm very, very involved in our State Athletic Directors Association. I actually have the privilege of serving as our executive director, and I hope to get to do that for several more years. I've been around a while, but I feel like I have a lot more energy to continue to go. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm rolling my sleeves up and very involved in creating every year. Like I'm our leadership training coordinator, so identifying which five courses we're going to teach at the State Athletic Directors Conference. How do we how do we have professional outreach and go to different parts of our state and teach a couple of LTC courses to introduce the NIAAA and the LTC curriculum um, to those individuals? So I'm involved in the Inside Out Initiative with uh, Associate Director Mark Reeves, which is a, an initiative supported financially by the National Football League, the NFL. They've identified several NFL franchises. We in Tennessee, of course, being with the Tennessee Titans, and um, we're trying to get schools to have their coaches develop a transformational purpose statement. Um, And the whole point of the initiative 
stems from a book called Inside Out Coaching by Joe Ehrman. So we're really excited. You know, why do I coach? Why do I coach the way I coach? What does it feel like to be coached by me? And how do I define success? So for us as athletic administrators, substitute the word coach with athletic administrator or athletic director. Why am I an athletic administrator? You know, so on and so forth. How, how do I, as an athletic director, define success? So those are just some of the few ways that, that I try to really roll my sleeves up and be involved. And my goal now at this fourth quarter stage of my career, I want um, younger ADs to be able to learn from my mistakes. So if I can, with authenticity, share, um, share my journey, then that's going to bless the, the next generation so that they don't make the same, same mistakes. That's a real goal for me right now. Yeah, Mr. Elson, the NYAAA has the uh, quality program uh, assessment for schools. And uh, I talked about it with uh, Nick DeForest because Vienna has been through that whole process for, I think, the first international school. Can you talk a little bit about the QPA program and, and, and actually the benefits for international schools? With that question, I, again, I said it in my speech in December, I think every school should look at the quality program award, whether you're in your first year, whether you're in your 34th year. It is hands down the best thing we've ever done at our school. There are 10 categories, and I don't have them in front of me, but I'm going to do my best to recollect a few of them. Um, it's philosophy. Uh, what's your philosophy? What do you stand for? So for us at our school in the late 80s, we wrote our statement of purpose, our role of athletics, and our philosophy of competition. Those were the founding documents for this athletic program. And they were real easy to write in the early years when we were everyone's homecoming and getting pounded by everybody as, as a new growing program. But those documents over 30 years later have stood the test of time. The QPA helps you look at, do you have core documents, foundational documents that identify the philosophies of your athletic program? How about the second um, category of educational compatib compatibility? Are your coaches taking NFHS learn courses? Um, how, are, how are your coaches growing? Um, the third category, which is always scored the lowest, is mentoring. So a lot of schools struggle identifying a good mentor-mentee program. Well, for us here, for a couple of examples, our, um, our head football coach, Engel Martin, is our director of transformational coaching. So he met with all, we have nearly 70 coaches at our school. He met with them and had them write out their transformational purpose statement, created a, a developed a Google Doc where he has all those statements. Um, he hosts a book study, a Bible study on Thursday morning with male coaches. We're trying to get our female coaches to do the same thing. There's a lot of mentor-mentee moments within your coaching staff that you want developed. And so the QPA requires you to demonstrate. You have to show everything you do. So you talk about, I've mentioned the word accountability a couple of times already. The QPA is like an academic institution going through accreditation. Why not for us as an athletic department? And we still, as of January 2021, we're still the only school in Tennessee that has gone through and achieved the QPA status. I try to encourage folks. We're actually a mentor of two different schools right now, one in New Jersey and one in Utah. And I love it. And I love being able to say, hey, what do you have signs posted? 
warning signs, the, the risk management perspective. And all of us get nervous with Lee Green and the 14 legal duties and his annual presentation of crazy lawsuits. Um, but, you know, that, that's a category. Sports medicine is a category. My favorite category was number 10, and that's innovation and creativity. What are you doing? How can you demonstrate? How can you show us what um, you're striving to? How are you thinking out of the box? And I would think that would definitely apply um, to the international schools. So if you really look down, break down the 10 categories, they're applicable. They're actually a through line for all of us around the world. They give us accountability in, in those 10 sections. And I'm sorry, I can't remember. One of them is coaching evaluations. So as an athletic director, aren't we evaluating our coaches? You're doing that in Mongolia and I'm doing it in Nashville. So, you mm-hmm. know, why not put that in writing? And so here's the next thing for us, the next challenge. So we received the QPA plaque or whatever in 2018. In 2023, we've already spoken to Don Bales and we want to figure out how do we re-up our accreditation because no one's ever done that before. We did the QPA we thought, okay, what if we don't score 80% or above in all 10 categories, which is the requirement? Well, we're like, we're going to be successful anyway, because we're going to identify areas that were strong. We're going to identify areas where we're weak, and we're going to shore up those weaknesses. And if you don't get the proper grade the first time around, you get to resubmit your presentation. And here, here we go. And the other outcome that stood out to me was meeting with our board of directors here at our local school. I put together a PowerPoint presentation, which you're required to do uh, before you can submit your QPA material. I took it to our board. They had really, they knew about me going to the NIAAA, the national conferences, but they didn't know any details. They're just like, way to go, Mike. Uh, good, Good job of going to get professional development. But when we finished showing them that PowerPoint and the 10 categories that we took a hard look at ourselves with, they were blown away. And I think very proud. And so if you want to strengthen your credibility as an athletic administrator inside of your school system, um, the QPA is definitely a great measuring tool to do that. Uh, One other thing, sorry to ramble on. There are 27 of the 52 courses of the LTC courses, 27 are directly applicable to the QPA. And a lot of people don't know that either. And so I'm like, okay, CAA, great. CMAA, we mentioned CIAAA, that's all great. But if you really want to dig deep into the curriculum of what's available to us, why not try the QPA? I've done the uh, the QPA training at this last virtual NYAAA conference. And uh, I was very happy that Nick was in the same session with me. Because it was a little bit overwhelming, and, it, and I think it, it, it can be overwhelming for an international AD. Um, where would you say, so someone is coming into a new school and wants to get started with this program, where do you start? What's the first step? You email Don Bales. There's an application on the NIAAA website. And here's the thing to ease your mind. You will be assigned a mentor. For us, our mentor was Michael Williams. Um, he took, like, I think, eight schools in the state of Maryland or Virginia somewhere. And I think he finished at Gettysburg, but he did the QPA at Gettysburg and then somewhere before that, but he was our mentor. So we called him, we talked to his secretary, 
How did you collect data, for example? And I wrote an article that was published two or three years ago in the IAA magazine about filling the buckets. And I broke down each category. Um, so, you know, that, that, is, that would definitely be something I would suggest. Read this article and see how much fun we had going through it. It, it, wasn't, a, um, it wasn't a laborious task to us because we had administrative support. So you got to go to your administration. Hey, we want to look, take a hard look at our athletic program. We want to make sure we're being great stewards of what we have. We want to honor our stakeholders. And if we honor our stakeholders, one of the ways we prove or have evidence of that is by going through the QPA. So now signs are posted outside of athletic facilities, warning signs. Hey, you know, enter at your own risk or, you know, outside of our baseball field, you know, you're parking at your own risk because of foul balls. And mm-hmm. it may sound like a really little thing, but we had to prove, we had to take pictures, we had to send documentation that we had that signage. We had to send documentation that we have an athletic handbook, that we are a part of the policies and procedures manual of the overarching um, leadership of the academy, if you will, or the overarching um, requirements, expectations. Athletics is a part of that. So again, I was scared to do it. I was really scared. And I was at year 30 of my career and I'm like, okay, what's next? And so we just tackled it and we're like, okay, great. We, we, um, we got it. But now we're also already asking what's next. How do we keep getting better? Yeah, Mike, as you were speaking, I was kind of uh, just making the, the comparison between the athletic directors in the States and athletic directors internationally. Um, and you had mentioned that you wrote your school wrote its mission statement or kind of vision in the 80s. Is that right? Our, it was for our athletic department. Athletic, so our athletic department, department okay. wrote philosophy of competition, <laughs> statement of purpose. And then we were intentional about writing the role of athletics because that's where you take on your own characteristic inside of your own school system. So here in the States, you got to be careful because the athletic program, people start beating their chest and look at me and athletics can be the tail wagging the dog. And we don't want to be that way. We want to be part of the whole educational experience. Doesn't, isn't that what education-based athletics means? Not so ego-driven. So everything in our original writings fought against the ego that is that permeate that can permeate sports. Yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, I'm just thinking to my experience, uh, nearly a decade internationally and just how many times, Jeff, maybe you have too, uh, how many times we've revisited mission statements, rewritten mission statements. It seems like with every new administrator, uh, because they're also transient as well, just like athletic directors and coaches and teachers, um, they want to put their new spin on the school. And so they'll, okay, we got to redo the mission statement. We've got to, and uh, you know, at times it can be frustrating because it feels like the ship's constantly changing course. You know, you're okay. What's our mission statement now? What's our mission statement now? And so, uh, you know, in, in that regard, it, I think uh, the ath- athletic directors in the States kind of have uh, the advantage in that they can build a program from the ground up um, and can have that longevity to really see something through and to keep improving year after year. Um, 
And so uh, I was just curious, uh, kind of how how long did it take you to get your program in a place where you were you were happy with it? I know you you mentioned continually improving, continually getting better, but uh, just kind of uh, walk us through that journey. You've you've been there quite a while. You know how how long did it take? I would say, you know, probably about ten years. Um, it, we had an athletic committee early on, like the first 10 to 15 years of the school made up of administrators, parents, coaches, and then myself being in the middle of it. And I credit that athletic committee and those men and women that sat around the table once a month with me and helped me see, look at every corner, look around corners and look at every corner, every facet of our athletic program. And yeah, we kept scribbling through things. But I will tell you, those three core documents, that took about two years, and they haven't been adjusted one time because we were very careful with our language because we wanted it to, again, I I think I mentioned this earlier, we don't want to be a win-at-all-cost athletic program. Well, none of us do internationally or in the States. So that's some great common language that's consistent amongst all of us. Don't we as athletic directors want our coaches to transform students? And my point with that is we're going to meet our students where they're at, but we don't want them to stay there. We want them to grow and get better and gain positive experience. And that's that's the legacy portion of all of this. We want to support the academic experience. We want our coaches to check in. In Tennessee, you can get each team and individual, if you're like over a 3.5, can get a certificate from our state association, an academic achievement award. Well, our athletic administrative assistant, Jennifer Martin, she just submitted all the information from the first semester uh, last week. We're getting certificates in and we're handing them to the coaches. And that's a through line. Our academic people love that. you know, going back to the Inside Out Initiative and uh, the Inside Out Coaching Book by Joe Ehrman, the four questions, isn't that a grid for all of us to walk through, whether we're there a year, 10 years, or, or 34? So I think there's a lot of common language that can be be there, be written beyond all of our times at our school. And that's my hope. You know, one day I will no longer be the athletic director at the school. And I hope that they'll carry on with all the foundational elements that we, you know, the pillars that we sunk deep so many years ago. And so that's my encouragement. Um, you know, leave it better than you found it is another philosophy that can be written about. And, and what does that look like? It means you pick up the trash. It means you leave your bench better than you found it. You leave the locker room better than you found it. You sportsmanship. Isn't that a through line? No matter that that stands the test of time, or it should. Respect for officials. How do you treat your officials? As an AD, we do so much behind the scenes or in the unseen. It's okay to write about it. That's a part of the QPA. That's a part of our founding founding documents. So that's what we tried to do when we wrote that in the early years. But it took a lot of time, uh, and I said ten years. It took ten years of true establishment for our community. Okay, this is the legacy. This is what this school stands for. We're going to have it stand the test of time. 
Yeah, that's great, Mike. So our our podcast is all about the educational-based athletics philosophy and how to promote it. Uh, it's sometimes very difficult for us to see the things that are going on here locally and even, in, even internationally. Um, you talked about the mistakes that you made back in, in, in over your whole career and that you want to teach the younger generation how to avoid those. What would be the one mistake that you would say uh, that you want other ADs to learn from that, the, one, the, mo the most important one? I would say use, use every resource you've got before you hire a coach. Now, again, I'm saying that here at my school, but what does that mean for an international ID? You may not have that much choice. You may just, here's the, here's the deck of cards, deal. Mm -hmm. However, one way you can work through that is, and I heard Don Bales say this recently. Don's a dear friend of mine. He said, be an intentional listener. I was stubborn in my early years. I didn't listen to anybody. I thought I had all the answers. I grew up in Indiana, Indiana's basketball crazy and all about sports. Well, you're not going to tell me in Tennessee. I already know the answers. And I wish I'd had a mentor speaking hard truth into me to be an intentional listener, not just being a good listener, but be intentional in your listening. And then you need, you need people, you need a lot more people than one mentor. You need a, you need, a, you need a bat phone, if you will. A, 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 who do I pick up and call if I'm having a hard day? Who can I talk to that I really trust? I mentioned Doug Kilgore earlier. If I'm having a hard time at my school, well, Doug's not here necessarily, but Doug and I have a trustworthy relationship. And so I can call Doug and not using any names, but Doug, I'm dealing with this situation. How would you handle this? We can all do that for each other around the world. So I wish I would have listened more and um, just taken more of a deep breath, breathe, count to five, you know, just be more patient and patience ties into that intentional listening. Yeah. If there's one thing that the whole uh, COVID situation has given us is that for the international ADs, we had a way to connect. We were talking with Nick DeForest and he only started his podcast a year ago. And now he's, he's, he, and they are connecting people from all over the world. So for me, actually, Nick is a very good resource. If I have something with the NYAAA, I email Nick. So it's very important for all these ADs to find someone uh, to connect with. Yeah. And yeah. again, it, it can be internationally or you can connect. We should be connecting. The world's getting smaller because of technology. Why can we not connect Tennessee to Mongolia? I'm so happy we're doing this tonight because we're all we're being iron sharpening iron. We're helping each other. That's what this is all about. Yeah, we're we're nearing the end of our podcast, and you've you've definitely left us with some great uh, tidbits. The one I I really liked was "Leave it better than you found it." I think that's a great just. Uh, kind of motto for the international athletic director. Uh, if you aren't planning on being at a school for a long time, just go there make it better and, and then move on. Um, could you repeat the four questions from inside out, uh, about coaching? Sure. sure. The inside out coaching book is, um, why do I coach? Why am I an athletic director? Yep. Why, why do I coach the way I coach or why do I administrate the way I administrate? And that goes back to our, all of us having influence, people speaking into our lives. Why do I coach? Why do I coach the way I, I do? What does it feel like to be coached by me? What does it feel like to be led by me? How do the coaches feel 
under my responsibilities as an athletic director or athletic administrator. And then, you know, the last one's always easy for me to remember. How do we define success? How do we define success? That's a coach question. That's an athletic administrator question. We know we have to, we know people want to win, right? That goes without saying mm-hmm. people, you got to win to make it fun and to have a great experience, but you don't have to win at all cost. And so we like to say we're not defined or identified by the scoreboard. We're defined or identified 20 years down the road when our players are reconnecting with us. That, that's some of the greatest joy now as I, I get into, you know, almost 60 years old is I love when my players email me, check in with me, coach, how's it going? Um, that tells me that hopefully I had some kind of impact positive impact on some of them um, as they went through our athletic programs. So I love those four questions. You know, a teacher can ask, why do I Mm -hmm. teach? Why do I teach the way I teach? And I think Joe Ehrman's done a great job of simplifying that for us. Okay, Mike, we want to uh, thank you so much for being here today with us. Um, A lot of things I've written down here on a piece of paper, just I have to get back to uh, this afternoon. Um, so thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us. Uh, it's all about sharing this philosophy. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's people like you, Doug, that really inspire us. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you. It's been, been an honor to be on with you guys today and know that we have great respect for what you do and trying to think about your challenges. They, your cha- our challenges pale in comparison to what you all have to go through and try to try to lead through. So thank you for what you do. Yeah, we feel the same way though, Mike, about uh, the challenges you guys face, you know, uh, as uh, we were talking in some of the meetings, the, you know, what, what the American AD has to face compared to international, um, you know, with all the regulations and uh, it's, uh, it's just a different world, but uh, we're trying to make it smaller, like you said. Well, and being for us being able to have res- demonstrate respect and, care for each other. That's a big part yeah. of what makes this job so joyful. Definitely. Well, thanks a lot, Mike. We we definitely appreciate it. All right, guys. Y'all take care and we'll talk again soon. Yeah. We'll talk again soon. Take Thank care, you, Mike. Mike. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. So we just sat down with Mike Elson, um, very recognized uh, member of the NIAAA, uh, athletic director in Tennessee. Uh, Jeff, how, how did you feel about the uh, the talk with Mike? Yeah, it's good with Mike. He's, you know, his his passion and his his his, his drive and his, you know, the, the willingness to share. Uh, I really like his uh, all of his comments were, were were amazing. But his servant leadership is something that comes back to me. Uh, just giving back to the new ads, to the community, uh, and go out there and share and try to influence other people, which is very, you know, in, inspirational. Yeah, what really stood out to me is, you know, in some of our research, uh, kind of looking into who Mike is, his background, um, you know, he's been recognized many times by his state association. He's won several awards um, and he he didn't mention any of that. You know, he, it wasn't about him. It wasn't about his success. Um, and, and so that's kind of one thing that we've talked about, too, is, you know, it's it's not about the medal. It's not about the first place trophy. Um, it's, it's more than that. It's the lessons you learn. It's constantly improving. Um, 
you know, it's, it's leaving it better than you found it. I thought that was a great quote from Mike. Um, so yeah, that's, that's actually, what kind of stuck out to me. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you said, CB, you know, he, he was talking about connecting um, and there's a great opportunity now to find a mentor, to find someone to just share experiences with. Uh, doesn't matter where they are, actually. And uh, I know we have found those people, uh, but they are, they are out there and they're willing to share. And that's great. So go out and, and find someone that you can share your, your experiences with. Yeah. And uh, we just want to thank everyone for uh, listening to the show or watching the show on YouTube. Um, if any of you out there are athletic directors internationally or in the States and maybe are seeking a mentor or just want to share your situation, uh, feel free to get a hold of us and uh, just let us know the struggles that you're facing or the challenges at your school, how you're growing your program. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, potentially even have you on the show. Um, so reach out information in the description below. Uh, make sure that you like and subscribe the videos. That'll really help us out. Uh, help us with the YouTube algorithm. And uh, so more people will, will see these episodes and see our show. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned for the next episode very soon. So bye-bye from us. All right. Take care. Take care.